0: Hello, hello, beautiful soul.
1: I am so excited to be here with you today on another episode of Unapologetically Abundant Podcast. Our beautiful guest today has so much light to share with the world. I'm willing that you are watching a YouTube video too, because there you can truly see how radiant she is from inside out. And even if you're listening, I know you will be able to hear that light and love she's really sharing with the world because our guest today, Abby, she is the Full like epitome of what is possible. Like when you are going through challenges, when you're going through the hard time, and you still rise up, it's like a beautiful phoenix rising up from the ashes. And now she's inspiring and coaching and mentoring other people to find a light, to find a love in their life. And not only she's doing it through her 15 year of experience as nurse, because. You know, bless your soul for doing that. If you do just that, that is huge. You're also doing a beautiful speaking engagement and really focusing on a mental health and inspiring people on how they can shift their life, whether it's just through hardship or traumas or addiction. So I'm super happy to share your story today with you and see who else we can inspire today. You never know who gets ignited when we share our stories. So super thankful to have you here.
2: Oh, I'm so grateful to be here with you and your beautiful presence and energy as well. And as our we're growing these little beings, both of us at the same time <laughs> within ourselves, which is so special. Um, Thank you. Thank you for that intro and thank you for having me here today. I'm just so grateful to be able to share on any platform, Um, but it's especially near and dear to me when it's women that I align with, women who are also on their own trails blazing and, you know, changing the narrative and really challenging um, um, the stigma that really exists out there when it comes to all things motherhood, um, all things uh, recovery, mental health, all those kind of things. And so I'm just excited for our conversation today.
1: <laughs> Me too. And isn't it like so beautiful that we are both creating life at <laughs> the same? Time? I'm like, I promise I'm not inviting guests just because they're pregnant. I'm <laughs> up like later, you know, but it's it's really beautiful because I feel like and, and I would love to hear like your mm-hmm. experience. You know, we can start there. I find out for me, it's, you know, second pregnancy, first baby who is coming outside. And I feel like when I'm pregnant, I'm so much more one intuitive, mm-hmm. really tapped in. And second, I don't tolerate any BS. Mm-hmm. Like I am so mindful about my energy. And I feel like so many women there are settling. They are saying yes to the things that, they don't want to say yes to. And I feel like pregnancy can really shift that. Do you feel like your pregnancy shifts your perspective in the world? Like, do you feel like more sensitive? And I don't mean like emotionally, but like to causes and and feeling like you want to support the world more. Absolutely.
2: Because I when you really think about the magnitude of what it is to carry a being within yourself, grow it for, you know, the nine months plus sometimes, um everything that we input whether it's food whether it's our like mental input um emotional all of that affects the baby directly and if you're aware of uh, i've gotten obsessed with like epigenetics and generational transfer of um you know good and bad right because in my own journey healing from trauma um it's something that I very much taken upon myself to be the one that stands the first one in both lineages and says it ends with me and we we have the power to actually manipulate and change the DNA of our children um, and really end that transfer that has happened for so many generations um, previous to us right because I come from background where you know I I was born to a young mom um, who struggled with um, poverty who struggled with war who struggled with all sorts of anxieties I can't even imagine what it was like to be in her shoes you know by the time she was 23 she already had the three of us girls in a country that she didn't have any supports um, didn't know the language all of that kind of stuff right and it's interesting how these kind of sensitivities these worries can be transferred um, onto your children. Uh, you know, she's told me many stories of like carrying me and like sometimes the scary situations that she was in when she was still back home before we moved to Canada. And um when she tells me these stories, it's almost like I can feel that sensation of like what it was like that fear, the, the anxiety, all of that kind of stuff. So it's really incredible when we think about that. And so I am definitely very much um protective Mm -hmm. um not only of of myself but of this this baby that i'm that i'm carrying right because i want to give him or her because i don't know the gender yet (laughs) i want to give him or her um you know the best chance at starting life you know with a clean slate with her or his own journey and path um you know free from the bondage of you know, addictions and poverty and um, trauma, all of those kind of things. Right. And so, yeah, I'm definitely very mindful. And, you know, when we're entrepreneurial, when we're on a mission, when we're creating things, not only just a baby, um, our energy is so, um, our time and our energy is, is of of essence right like it's it's something that it is not duplicated we can't expand it we can't make more of it and so I'm definitely very much aware of where I want to spend my time and my energy um because I, there's so many other areas I also have three young children still I have a four-year-old a, a three-year-old and a two-year-old who are vying for my attention as well right and so um very much protective of that energy and who I'm going to um, invest it in how I'm going to invest it in and the things that I'm going to be inputting um is it going to be something that's going to be healthy for myself for my mind for this baby for my family or is it something that's actually going to steer me in the wrong direction or um, distract me or maybe even just waste my time right which I just don't want to do that for on both sides right and so yeah that's it's it's a responsibility but it's also just being mindful right and just taking and really listening to our intuition that is strong within us And when it's giving those nudges or those kind of flags, like "Mm, maybe this isn't the right path to go on. Listen, listen to it, (laughs) because I know I've been many times where I haven't listened to it and it's never fared well for me. Um, And so I've learned some lessons through that.
1: Same here. Same here. I feel like intuition or universe, it's always whispering to us, but are we really listening? You know, like a mm-hmm. couple posts back, I, I made a post about it on Instagram because there's always signs. There's always a breadcrumbs. And I really want to dive a little bit deeper into this, you know, into this like really generational healing, because it's yeah. like a twofold when I'm looking at it. I truly believe that our generation came here to break the cycles. You know, our souls sign up for it, whether we like it or not. We go through the challenges. We go through the darkness. We go through the pain. And we, as the new generation, we transmute it. We alchemize it. We change what... The future is going to be because we're not sitting in it. We are not sitting in it as a victims. We are not sitting in it complaining. We are not sitting in it saying that life sucks.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: We are transmuting it and say, what can I do to create better life for me? But also how can I impact others? So I feel like our souls really sign up for that and I'm I'm curious. So the first is that what I want to ask and maybe I'll just repeat it because, you know, my pregnancy brain, I don't know how you're doing. <laughs> but the first question that I wanted to ask is when you're describing all of this, like you and 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 your mother right like the relationships the things that you went through a lot of my clients i feel like they are carrying a mother wound Mm
0: -hmm. a lot of
1: my Mm -hmm. clients they like they logically can understand like i know my mother was suffering i know my mother had a hard life but it affected them and it made them grow up faster mature faster what is your relationship with your mother and how do you feel about this mother wounds, you know, of unconscious mother who loved us, did everything they could for us. And also, how do I say nicely mess us up?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Wow. That's a powerful question. Um, so I am very, very close with my mom. She is one of the most, um, important people in my life um i love her very much and you know we've grown up very much like sisters because of the age range like she was she was 17 when she had me so um you know yeah so you know, we, we grew up and like, like I was her first and everything. And um, you know, we grew up having conversations that ordinarily a mother daughter doesn't usually have just because of the circumstances that we are surrounded by. Um, And I was always so curious, like always asking so many questions. Like when I remember vividly laying down with her as a little girl and um, you know, she would start telling me about like her life back home and the things that she experienced. And I would ask her so many questions. I remember like she'd be stroking my hair and we'd be like talking like, you know, in, in bed basically. And I would just ask her like, what happened? And like, what was this like? And like, I would try to envision what her childhood was like, because it was so different than what my childhood was in, a, in the sense that we were in completely different countries. Um, You know, she came, my, my parents are from El Salvador. So it's like a third world, world country in the 80s. It was very much war torn. There was a lot of like violence and war. And, um, you know, my mom started working outside of the home when she was nine years old. Um, right, And just to put things into perspective, because her father passed away at that time and she was the second oldest. So her and her older brother had to leave the home and they had to um, basically start earning an income to help my grandmother who had, um, you know, a, a child, the, Her my auntie, the youngest at the time, I think was two or three, and then um, the other children. So there was six of them in total. And, um, you know, I just, I like here I was nine years old, I remember asking her those questions and just trying to picture what it was like to leave my home to go and work in in the in the city take the bus by myself like she would sell tortillas basically like they would make them in the morning and then she would go to the to the city to sell them and then come home with that with that little bit of income right and it was mind-blowing for me to like think about um the the vast difference in in life even though you know, life was chaotic and crazy um, growing up, but you know, that that maternal, that, that love that she had for us, even though she was going through her own trauma at the same time. And I didn't understand that at that time, I now do all these years later. Um, it was very fascinating for me to really hear her her journey and her story. And, you know, growing up um, now, like I said, she, where she's one of the closest people in my life. But there's also the time in life, and this has been very recent for me, actually, where I've had to come to terms and fully, because um, I do a lot of inner child work and reconnecting one of the things that when i entered into recovery was that i had to do was start reconnecting with myself um because that's something that i had to do as a survival mechanism when i was a young girl where i had to disconnect from myself because i just didn't know how to cope with everything that was happening to me and i had no answers i had no tools or resources so i i um chose to disconnect from that little me my inner self my intuition my connection with with a higher power for survival and i did that with um, Um, you know at first it was like eating disorders or like lots of makeup or like getting in trouble in school and then eventually it led to alcohol just to completely numb everything right and so when I came out of that I had to start reconnecting with little me and um, and one of the things that eventually came up was there was an accountability and an acknowledgement that she needed um, and as it pertained to my parents' role in everything that I had experienced. And she was one of those people that I was not willing to go there. Like, I was like, not my mom. Like, I don't want to, like, face this. I don't want to, you know, because, like, for me, it was, like, the big fear was that my relationship would change with her if I acknowledged, you know, her part in, in in. even though there was a million justifications that I could have made that made sense you know, to justify her actions or her lack of actions uh, during some of the trauma and abuse and all that kind of stuff. It was still something that was very delicate and sensitive for me. That took me a long time to really come to terms with, but I needed it for closure. I needed it for my continued healing. And, um, you know, thankfully I have resources and spiritual mentors and teachers that helped me work through that. Um, Literally, like this happened very recently, probably, let's just say this year, this year, 2023, this, this healing happened. Happened. And that acknowledgement actually made my relationship with her stronger, because little me just just needed it, just needed to be validated that it's okay that you felt betrayed in this relationship, even though she means so much to you, even though you would do anything for her, it's okay for you to, to acknowledge her part in this, right? And when I did that, so much healing came through afterwards and it was really a beautiful thing, um, but it's still pretty fresh, you know, um, because it's just one of those things. And I, I know for a fact that the times that I have had the most resistance to look at something in my life, that is the time that the most deepest, most richest lessons have have come out of those things, Mm -hmm. right? They say our biggest triggers are our biggest lessons and teachers. Mm -hmm. And this for sure was a big trigger for me. And I needed to face it and look at it fearlessly and courageously. And then on the other side, it was just a really beautiful thing that came out of it.
1: Thank you so much for sharing that. Abby, and I'm so happy that you have such a beautiful relationship, you know, with your mom. And I'm curious, you know, for women, because- you went through, you know, traumas and pains when you were growing up and it would be so easy to blame it on your mom. You should be there and you should be protecting me, right? Um, What about the women who are listening right now and they don't have a good relationship with their mother and they would love to, Mm -hmm. and they don't know, like, because the thing is, we cannot change people, right? We cannot go and try to change people or fix them or tell them like, hey, I'm on a personal spiritual development journey. Join me, right? Yeah. Like, it's, that's not how it works. I wish it would be that easy. Like, just invite our mothers to the healing. <laughs> I feel like each and every one of us has different journey and timeline. But for women who really want to heal this mother wound, who do still have their mothers here, and they would love to get closer to them and they just maybe their mothers are still struggling maybe their mothers still have a anger issue or are still Mm -hmm. drinking or are just not conscious you know Mm -hmm. what do you feel are some of the things that women can do if they don't because of course you can just cut off your mother and be like okay I'm done with you yeah that's not what we want as Mm -hmm. intentional you know like Mm -hmm. conscious beings here (laughs) What do you feel women can do to heal the relationship one to the mother and how they can shift the dynamics with the mother without trying to change her?
2: Mm Hmm. Wow. I can relate to this in the in the not necessarily with my mom, but with my dad, because he is actually um, the main perpetrator of you know the majority of the abuse that I suffered. Um, You know, he's alcoholic. He has his own deep, 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 deep trauma. Very wounded person, and um, I can share and I can speak to what that journey has been like in as a parent figure and coming to terms with that. Because you're right, when we enter this healing journey and I know I, I'm, I'm sure you can relate to this but when I came into it and I started to to get the benefits of the journey of the healing I wanted so badly to give it to everyone around me yeah, yeah. I wanted so badly to be one of those fairies and just go around with my little fairy dust and give everyone the opportunity to heal because it's truly so miraculous and I know that I know what's possible because I've seen people all ages with all sorts of backgrounds, just make the decision, just make the decision that enough is enough. I want to change and they do change. And so when I started seeing that for myself, I, 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 I actually went and I, and I almost tried to force those around me to start their own journey. And -hmm. it was met with a lot of resistance. It did not go the way I wanted it. Um, And I learned some big lessons coming out of that, where it's really, um, an individual decision and choice and there is nobody in this planet that can make anyone change or do something that they're not ready for and willing for right and so you know with my dad um, what I've had to kind of go through because he was one of those people where in the beginning of my journey um, I really chose to forgive him um, because it was something that I needed for myself I didn't forgive what he had done or you know the pain and the suffering but i forgave him for you know the way that i had responded to that um to the experiences with him as an adult right because we don't have um you know it's, it's not I, like i don't know if, i'm not sure if you're familiar with dr gabor Mate, but he's like uh, he's in the yeah. trauma world and he talks about how it's not the trauma that really affects us is how we handle and how we deal with the trauma that's really the the impact right and I can't change what happened as a child I can't change the circumstances but once I became uh you know a young adult and I started making decisions for myself it was my responsibility to choose what I did with with you know that the, the trauma and the wounds right and for me I chose to bury them to numb them to just like you know keep on this destructive path and um was, those were choices and decisions that I had to take ownership for myself and so you know, when I entered into this journey, um, I held on to the hope and truly the expectation that, oh, now that I'm on this path, he's going to see this and he's going to want to change. Oh, he's going to be, like, motivated to, like, make some some healthy decisions for himself. But that was unfortunately not what happened. And it was actually very devastating for me when it didn't go that way because I had expected it. I, it wasn't that I had hoped or anything. I, like, I expected it. And when it didn't go that way, I was crushed And so what I ended up having to do um, is go through a bit of a grieving process. And so I had to grieve the relationship that in my mind I had envisioned I would one day have with him as a father, as a father daughter. Right. And that really involved. It was like he's still on earth. He's still, you know, like uh, like with us. But I had to cut off the emotional relationship and the emotional expectations that I had with that relationship, um, and it was it was a process, and it's still ongoing. This is years; like I've been in in my recovery journey now for nine years, and I can say that it's one of those wounds that hasn't fully healed. And I don't really think there ever will be closure, to be honest. I just know that I have peace around it because now his actions and what he does doesn't necessarily affect me. I don't allow for it to affect me anymore because I don't have that expectation anymore of this is the way you should be. This is the way we should be as a relationship. And so it just really required me to acknowledge, um, you know, everything and then go on this journey of grieving. And it required, you know, just the, the acceptance, you know, the, the st- they talk about the five stages of grief, you know, like where, you know, you're you're angry, you're upset, um, you know, you accept it, then you're like, you know, like eventually, and it's all in different orders, right? And so, um, you know, I my advice would be for anyone who is out there that's struggling with any sort of mother or even father wound, um, and whether they're here on earth or they're not, sometimes the first step is really first acknowledging right acknowledging what little you needs from that relationship if you listen and tune in you will hear it you know and like i know when i've done that inner work and i still do and i quiet myself and i go into meditation i hear what she needs and sometimes she just tells me i just want to be seen Mm -hmm. i just want to be validated Mm -hmm. i just want to be believed and then and then i give her what she needs And, and we go through that process and then we acknowledge, you know, the pain and the suffering and the, and all of that kind of stuff, because there's a saying that you can't heal what you don't acknowledge. And so first step is acknowledging it. And then you go into action and says like, okay, now that I've acknowledged it, what can I do now to, um, to start the healing process? Right. And for me, it was going, choosing a path of grief, grief. Right. And I still have, I I have, I have no, I currently don't have a relationship with him, but, I don't have any ill will towards him. I have no resentment, no anger. I just really have, um, you know, just a peace. Like that's the the word that keeps coming up is like, I have a peace around it because I've done the work for myself. Right. I didn't it, I didn't need him to come in into my circle and do the work with me for me to heal. I just needed to, to be the one to make that action and do the and do what I can with the resources and the tools that I had that would help me guide and process this in an appropriate way. And, um, you know, it's really it's a beautiful thing. It really is when you do that for yourself and no one else and mm-hmm. releasing the expectations that we have on any relationship in our life. Right. Because it's like when we have um, there's healthy expectations of people when you're in a mutual relationship, right? Like husband and wife, we're in a mutual partnership. So I have expectations, therefore. But when it's one sided and the other person in the in the relationship is not really present nor willing um, to really be in a partnership, then you have to do what's best for yourself. And that requires a lot of acknowledgement and action and healing and then ultimately peace, having peace around it
1: yes thank you thank you so much because like you said this can apply to mother wound to father wound you know and i feel like detaching from it emotionally because when we are so attached emotionally we have expectations and i feel like that's where the hurt is coming from right when you have expectation instead of like my intention is to have a beautiful relationship with my mother or my father i'm going to do my healing part and see if they join me and even if not I will be in peace. I won't feel this turmoil, this pain, this expectation, this hurt. So this is really powerful. Uh And I know that you have so much more wisdom to share, so many more stories to share. I know you love sharing it on stages. Mm -hmm. For those who really want to connect with you on a deeper level, learn your whole story and who resonate with your energy, who want to follow your baby journey. Um, What are the best places to connect with you online? Yeah,
2: so I'm most present and active on Instagram. So my Instagram handle is at uh.vee, so Avi. And people always ask me, like, where does that come from? So it's actually how you say Abby in Spanish. And that's what my family and friends call me. Is like Avi. And so I just like put a little play on it as my handle. Um, So that's the main space that I'm pretty active on, almost daily posting. Um, And then I also have a website. So it's www.abigailteixeira.com. And on there, I have a media page that has like all my talks, the podcasts I've been a part of the books that I've been published in all of that good stuff. And uh, there's a contact form on there as well. If anybody wants to get in touch with me and further conversation, Um, I'm launching my first coaching program here next month um, and a masterclass before that. Um, So all those details will be, if you're part of my newsletter, which uh, you can opt into on my website. So yeah, (laughs) those are the main ones
1: sounds amazing thank you so much mm-hmm. abby for not only for healing yourself but also create a new generation of beautiful beings who are coming to this world with the conscious parents with uh, a new healthy perspective on the world and for being here today
2: thank you so much and i just so appreciate um just your your beautiful energy and your spirit and for the privilege honor and privilege of being on your platform so
0: thank you mm-hmm.